Soccer Weekly, Weekly ESPN LA 710. I stumbled there to start the show, and LAFC stumbled at the end of that El Clasico, the LA Clasico, we should call it. LA Derby, the El Trafico, whatever you want to call it. And we will certainly talk about that here. What's on tap tonight here on Soccer Weekly is brought to you by, as always, Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. Plenty to get to, certainly. And we will talk that first matchup at Bank of California Stadium between LA Galaxy and LAFC. And really, what it comes down to is, look, bottom line is, I, I said it there during the broadcast, you heard it. Excuse me, the great Mario Rees put that together. What it comes down to is LAFC just lost their way in the last 10 minutes, and LA Galaxy refused to die. Galaxy refused to just let the three points go. That's the bottom line. And it's making me cry, but that's just the way it is. Excuse me. Having some issues here. And LA Galaxy, excuse me, I'm going to have to take a quick break here. On Soccer Weekly, I will be back, I promise. <laughs> excuse me. I promise I wasn't weeping, all right, over the fact that LAFC dropped those two points, losing out on the full three against LA Galaxy. I promise. Oh, man, my throat tightened up there. Had been battling a cold early in the week. Let you behind the curtain a little bit, but I'm feeling good. I just wasn't feeling good in the voice there. My goodness. Thank you so much to Mario Rees and Michael Funches for jumping in. Saving the day there as we start over. Time to start over here on Soccer Weekly. And we do thank the fine folks at Pocock Brewing. What's on tap? Well, we're going to get past that, and we're going to talk about LAFC and LA Galaxy and where they're headed, both teams, Based on what we saw, not only in, in the El Trafico, and yes, I'm getting a lot of tweets in. Thank you, Vahe. Uh, Dave, are you okay? Yes, I was not crying. <laughs> that is hilarious. No, I was not crying over the result, I promise. Although, it was pretty much a kick in the, uh, a, a kick in the rump for LAFC there. Yet again, against LA Galaxy late in the game. Now, what does Bob Bradley do with this? I mean, he was not happy, as you might imagine. But And I do think, as good as it was for LA Galaxy to continue that streak, right? They're unbeaten, you know, in almost ten games, I think it is, nine games. They're third in the West. I mean, they are climbing up the ladder. It was more important for LAFC to lose the two points and to lose the win at home. And the reason I say that, again, good result for the Galaxy. Even an LAFC fan, as much as you might hate the Galaxy, you have to kind of credit them fighting back like that, right? But what I'll say is, like, it was bigger for LAFC to lose the win. That is the bottom line. Now at home, there are five wins and five draws. No, they haven't been beaten. But that's... To be frank, losing a lot of points at home, isn't it? You're dropping a lot of points at home. And to me, that is the question. And that becomes the issue. What do you do now if you're Bob Bradley's side? 
You went right into the All-Star break with that match. You have got to recover. And you have got to get back to playing good football immediately. And that means results. And that means getting back to playing good football and getting wins. I know easier said than done at times. Certainly. And even in that game against LA Galaxy, LAFC was dominant for 80 minutes. 80 minutes. Absolutely dominant. Mario, do we have an issue? Do we need to talk about this? About what? I mean, the thing about it is, like, you saw it too. Where do they, where does LAFC go? That's what I want to ask you. Because you can't keep dropping points at home. Forget the LA versus LA thing. That was bad enough, right? For LAFC. Right. Where do they go from here? I mean, where do they go from here? I mean, you gotta, you gotta close out those games, man. You can't dominate for 80 something minutes and then, exactly. and then lose, you know, the lead, a two, two nil lead or a three nil lead. Because you're Can't a guy who's, you you're a guy who has seen every second of LAFC like I have. Right. I love the way they play. Bottom line. Now, oh yeah, some... exciting style of play. Uh Bob has them playing very exciting style of play. They're scoring a lot. Sometimes their defense might get scored on a little yes. bit, but hey, they're putting up the, the goals. And sometimes that's going to happen, right? I mean, right. you're going to lose leads, you're going to win 4-3. You might lose 4-3. Right. Where do they go? What I mean by that is, do you start to refocus defensively, or do you continue to do what you're doing? I would just continue to do what you're doing. It's just a matter of uh, closing out the games. That's the only That's the only part that they need to work on. Mario Reeves, that's why you're a genius, because I could not agree more. You have to keep playing this way. And that's the thing I took from it after days of thinking about it. We know what Bob Bradley wants to do with this team. Keep doing it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Keep doing it. Now, you're LA Galaxy. Keep doing it. You're winning. You're not losing games. LAFC is looking good, though. These two teams are playing well. And realistically, that was a good derby. Bottom line. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, your thoughts on that? I don't talk much about MLS All-Star games because, really, they're not, you know, it was a fun game. Just got finished, took on Juventus, nice little friendly. But it was fun to see, wasn't it, the Carlos Vela, Laurent Simon running around. You saw Jonathan Dos Santos, if you're a Galaxy fan. Did not see Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and I think what happens is Ibrahimovic decided to bail on it so MLS has a great rule where if you bail on the All-Star game, whether it's for a minor injury or even whatever, then you cannot play the next game in MLS. So he will be out in the Galaxy's next game. I think that's very significant. So kudos to MLS for having that rule. That way you don't have a bunch of guys you know, escaping the All-Star game. If you're going to play it, you got to do it right. And I think MLS has done it right. They take on these big teams. It's been fun. And even Mario and I were talking before the show. Give me your thoughts on that game. 
It's an all-star game. We know they don't really mean much other than entertainment. And they've been very entertaining the last few years. That's all that matters. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. Still to come, we've got a lot to get to. And one of the big things that happened recently, of course, was that Mark Anthony K injury for LAFC, unfortunately. And it's going to be a long injury. So who better to talk to than our very own Dr. Robert Clapper, of course. He does the weekend show, the weekend warrior. Been a fan of that. And a guest. He's coming up next. I'm Dave Downhome. You are listening to Soccer Weekly here on the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you. And it is a big show, certainly, because we just had El Trafico. We just had MLS's All-Star Game. you got transfer rumors. Unfortunately, injuries are a part of sports, and nobody knows that better than our next guest. He's a great orthopedic surgeon, one of the best in the world. He's one of the best radio hosts in the world, frankly, <laughs> the great Dr. Robert Clapper of uh, uh, Clapper listen. Vision and, of course, Weekend Warrior here on ESPN LA 710. Doc, it's great to talk to you, brother. Oh, Dave Danholm, I just love listening to you, and you've made me into a soccer fan. I actually know who Harry Kane is now, thanks to you. And all of Los Angeles loves what you're doing. But I wouldn't be on the radio if it wasn't for the great Dave Danholm. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You have uh, stepped up and run with it the best of uh, anybody's ability. You have a great show, of course, and massive following on the Weekend Warrior here on ESPN LA 710. Doc, unfortunately, well, you know, I love talking to you off the air and, you know, we've <laughs> known each other for years. Unfortunately, this is not some great news, but we do want to get into it because right. sports, uh, you know, injuries are a huge part of sports, whether it's the recovery or what it means on the field. Mark Anthony K got injured in the midst of a game against LA Galaxy, the big game, and it wasn't good. Had a massive injury, needs surgery now. Talk a little bit about this particular injury, doctor. Okay, so I was able to certainly see the play and what took place. Yeah, on his left and ankle. So it's Exactly right. And so I want to give you some clap revision so people understand, but I also want to give you some context, and I also want to have the listener understand that not all ankle fractures are the same. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Gordon Hayward, remember that gruesome NBA ankle fracture where before our eyes he fractured and dislocated his ankle and if you want to check it out on YouTube here his foot rolled to the little toe side Mm -hmm. of his foot and ankle Odell Beckham from the Giants last season during game five did the opposite he rolled his ankle to the big toe side of the ankle which is what Mark Anthony Kay did Here's the good news that I'm going to start with. Both of these players, Odell Beckham Jr. and Gordon Hayward, are back as good as new. And so, LAFC fans, he's going to be back as good as new. It's just going to take time. So, let me just explain a couple of things. My dad was a carpenter, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a carpentry analogy. When a bone, which is in one piece, snaps in half, like a pencil, for example, where you take it and you just snap it in half, which is just like your bone, yeah. the bone will not heal at all unless 
the two pieces that used to be one are kissing each other. They have to be under compression. And if the surgery is not done right, for example, and the plates and screws actually prevent the two bones from kissing, the bone will never heal. So the whole idea is to get compression across the fracture site. And how do we do it? With a screw. What's unique about a screw? The screw has a fat head. And then we all know there's the threads of the shaft. As we as surgeons drill a hole in the two fragments and you advance the screw, literally the fat head of the screw compresses one piece as the teeth of the screw bites into the bone it literally squeezes the two bones together. And we have fancy tools and fancy equipment that allow us to maximize this. So Mark Anthony Kay, like Odell Beckham's injury, exactly like his injury, is going to be back. Dr. Clapper, of course, we love Clapper Vision, by the way, not to make light of any injury because you, you do such a great job with it. It's fascinating to listen to, and you can hear him on the weekends here, on a Weekend Warrior here on ESPN LA 710. How routine, the injury's not routine, of course, because it affects Mark Anthony K for many months. How routine mm-hmm. is the surgery itself? It's a great question, Dave. First of all, you never, I mean, I've been, you know, operating for 30 years, yeah. so over 500 surgeries a year. I did three big cases today, six I'm going to do on Friday. You better not get comfortable. Mm-hmm. You better not say this is routine no matter how little it is, because it's gigantic to that patient, and you owe them that for the respect. What's special? What, what makes an ankle especially unique, particularly when we're talking about a fracture? It's also the joint and the ligament. So it's not just the bone that concerns us as orthopedic surgeons. It's what will this fracture do future, futuristically to this person, this player, in terms of arthritis? Will the, la- the ligament be fixed well enough so that when he plants his foot, he won't feel it be squirrely or being loose? So here's a clap revision for you. Remember the show Hawaii Five O, one of my favorites. Sure. If Mario can play the music, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but Hawaii Five O shows you a Polynesian canoe, right? And remember, mm-hmm. Dave, where the, the guy's sitting in the boat? Absolutely, the waves, absolutely. Right. So Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett, they were in canoes that went up and down a lazy river. But if you stick a canoe like that in the ocean with waves, bye-bye Davy Crockett, you're going to flip over and you're going to drown. So the Polynesians, the ancient Polynesians, figured it out. We don't want to drown. We don't want it to tip over because of the wave. We need to stabilize it. So you watch Hawaii Five-O, that opening sequence, and you see the guys in their outrigger canoe. They're, the guys are sitting in the big boat, and then sticking off to the side perpendicularly is this small little device that sticks out this outrigger that actually keeps the, the, the canoe from tipping over, okay? Mm-hmm. The clapper vision is that outrigger canoe. Your shin bone, your tibia, is the big boat where the guys are sitting. The little bow, the little thing, the outrigger on the side is your fibula, that second bone that's in your leg between your knee and your ankle. 85% of your weight goes through the big boat, goes through the tibia, the shin bone. Only 15% of your weight goes through the outrigger, the fibula. But that connection between the big boat and the outrigger with those struts 
we in our own bodies have a similar structure. It's called the syndesmosis, and it connects those two bones. As orthopedic surgeons dealing with ankle fractures, we have to assess that syndesmosis to make sure those two bones are lined upright and are kissing at the right length. Because if not, you will end up with problems of pain and instability. And by the way, this is the difference between a high ankle sprain and a regular ankle sprain. But when it comes to fractures, we think about those high ankle sprains because of that structure called the syndesmosis. Talking with the great Dr. Robert Clapper. You can hear him on uh, Weekend Warriors. Weekend Warrior on every Saturday, 7 o'clock, 7 to 9 on ESPN LA 710. Talking about that Mark Anthony K injury, it was a tough one, no doubt, the ankle fracture. Doctor, what does the recovery look like for typically? Obviously, every patient's different. Every right. situation is different. Every surgery is different. Typically, what does the recovery look like for this? So the... My wife always says I never answer the question, so I hope I'm going to do a good no, job. No, you always do. I, I disagree. <laughs> I love it. But so the fracture itself, when the bone breaks, why does it get so swollen? Why does it get black and blue? Because when you snap the bone, what leaks out of the bone is blood. That's what the immediate swelling is in an ankle sprain or an ankle fracture. It's blood, and it's liquid. It then, through clotting mechanisms, becomes like chocolate pudding. It yeah. gets thick because the platelets and the, the fibrinogen that's there, it, it, it makes this chocolate pudding, which then helps glue the bones back together again. It's very important, all those ingredients that are in that clot. So the two bones were separate because of the fracture. Now you've got chocolate pudding and crazy glue in between them until ultimately... The, the immature healing called callus takes place that fundamentally makes the two fragments of bone into one again, and that takes about six weeks. It doesn't take a four weeks. It doesn't take ten weeks. It takes about six weeks. Sure, sure. But that's immature. So technically, the fractures healed roughly at six weeks in an ankle fracture, but it's not an elite athlete's healing. It's not range of motion and stiffness in the joint itself. How about the weakness because you're not using the muscles while it's trying to heal? So the healing process is one thing. Being back on the field to be Odell Beckham again and Gordon Hayward, you're looking at a long period of time. And I would hate to guess, but common sense tells you this season is probably something that he's going to lose. Dr. Clapper, Weekend Warrior, Saturday at 7 a.m. What's coming up this weekend? This weekend I want to talk about Dr. Jerry Buss, now that LeBron James is here, I need, we need to hit the reset button yeah. and go back to the mastermind who created the reason LeBron James wants to end his career as a Laker. Because you have to remember, Dr. Jerry Buss is not a medical doctor. He's a doctor of chemistry. Mm -hmm. He was a chemist. That's why he has a Ph.D. in chemistry. You want to know why he was so successful? Because he knew that to make water, which, by the way, to New Yorkers, there's no R at the end of that word. It's water. <laughs> but has H2O, two hydrogens to one oxygen. Not one hydrogen, but two. It's important of how these atoms bond. And I believe that it's because he was a chemist that he understood bonding of atoms to make molecules. He understood people, players and how to bond them together. So this Saturday show is all about bonding, 
chemistry from a chemist. And where do you see that in art? Remember that song, Love Potion Number 9? Sure. The two guys who wrote that, Mike Stoller and Jerry Lieber, wrote all the hits for Elvis Presley. The way these two guys bonded as lyricist and songwriter is exactly what Jerry Buss did with the Lakers, and that's going to be this Saturday show. He is the best, Dr. Robert Clapper. <laughs> Doc, always a pleasure. You just are uh, you, fantastic. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I love talking to you. Anytime you guys need me, it's such a pleasure to, to be a part of the station, and you're a big reason for it. So anytime you need me, give me a call. Dr. Robert Clapper, you got to check him out. Weekend Warrior, thanks so much, Doc. Really appreciate it. Saturdays, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN LA 710. And I promise, I look, I drive around early on the weekends, Sometimes other things I got to do and everything. I am listening to Dr. Robert Clapper, and he is always entertaining. Bottom line. And we appreciate that. This health report on Soccer Weekly was sponsored by L.A. Care, as the nation's largest community-inspired health plan. L.A. Care is elevating health care in the city of angels. L.A. Care, for all of L.A., lacare.org. Coming up from MLSsoccer.com, Alex Dwyer, who covers LAFC. He's a friend of the show, and we love him. We're going to talk to him next about the black and gold and what's going on there. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Dunholm, hanging out with you. Always a good time here. Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Time now to hang out with one of our dear friends here on the show, and it's time for Black and Gold Breakdown. Who better to discuss the black and gold than this man, with this man who covers uh, LAFC for MLSsoccer.com and a good writer and a good friend, Alex Dwyer. Alex, as always, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Dave, happy to be back as always. Uh, always fun to talk to you, man. And, uh, you know, look, here. here's the bottom line, Alex. I'm going to start with what I started the show uh, with by asking you. My thoughts are this. Look, it was a, uh, El Trafico number two was just as good as the first one, amazingly, on, in different levels and different, for different reasons. But the bottom line is LAFC continue to kind of get caught out at times. It's going to happen. It's the style of play that Bob Bradley's going to play. They're going to go forward. They're going to attack. Couldn't quite get that third goal to put that game away, although who knows, maybe they would have needed four. <laughs> Realistically, we've seen that happen before. But I don't think it's something that you can panic about, Alex, or you have to change dramatically. You have to tighten up defensively, of course, but LAFC's problems are not the style of play. Do you believe that they are going to you know, continue to go this route because that's just what Bob Bradley is going to do with this team? Yeah, that's an interesting question, and I think you know we've seen them both give up late goals and score late goals. Yes. Um, on account of, of some of that, you know, strategy, some of that thinking. At the end of the day, you gotta ask yourself, is this a team, you know, who the, who's gonna attract the fans of Los Angeles, who represents LAFC and what they're all about? Mm-hmm. And I think a team that continues to go forward and continues to unapologetically try to entertain and attack, and, you know, is, is what they're designed to do. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, leave leave spaces on the defensive side or you have to have late in the game lapses of concentration and i think those are things that will of course get discussed and i think walker zimmerman and carlos vela both spoke to you know the mentality of the team late in the game being able to 
to close things out, be confident on the ball, want to have the ball. And, you know, what's interesting is in the in the Portland U.S. Open Cup game, right before that, they really did lock it down. Uh, once extra time came, I think there was six or seven minutes of extra time, and it didn't ever seem like they weren't going to see that game out. Yeah. They were very confident on the ball. They, you know, picked up fouls where they needed to and, and really saw out the game. But up until that point, until the 90th, they were pushing to get another goal. And that's just the way he plays. That's the way Bob Bradley wants to play. You know, it's an offensive team. Certainly they have had some moments of defensive, you know, solid defensive play throughout the year. I mean, I think it's six shutouts for Tyler Miller in that defense. Not bad, you know, certainly respectable. But here's the thing, Alex. How does Andre Horta get past this? Now, again, he's a pro, but this is his essentially his first taste with LAFC, and the fans, more importantly, get in their taste. He's a great player. He's a great young talent. What's the talk like? What's it been like? How does he get past that? Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at that, you know, I think we're talking specifically about... Talking about that last goal, if anybody... Yeah, exactly. I I had the call earlier in the show. I I think so many things could have been just slightly different and (laughs) that pass never happens, right? Had, you know, Zimmerman not have also, you know, made a defensive lapse not long before that to, you know, give them the first goal, had... Dio scored on that great turn he had to to put the game away. You know, things that things could have easily gone a different direction. The fact is that they didn't. And what I thought was most telling of Andre Horta and the type of player he is isn't that he made the back pass and made that mistake, but that he charged forward not long after and you know really let off a scorcher that almost yeah. on the back of the net to 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 give them the lead. And he was playing in a way that was still quite confident. It was almost as if he hadn't made a mistake, like he had that. You know, great short-term memory. A lot of folks talk about athletes needing to have to succeed. I don't think uh, this moment will. I think we'll forget about it in several yeah. weeks. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be something that lingers around in his head. I don't think it's something that needs a specific plan for him to get over. And if you know, listening to the coaches and listening to the to the players talk about it, it doesn't sound like they're too worried about it either. Well, it's funny that you mention that. I mean, it's a great point. We're talking with Alex Dwyer from MLSsoccer.com. He covers LAFC. It's a great point you make because he's inches away from being the hero anyway, and we would never even have worried about it. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. i got to tell you, Alex, as a, as a guy who obviously is covering the team, calling the games, certainly I'm on the edge of my seat, but what's the reaction that you talk to other people around the league when it comes to LAFC? Because to me, this is a team that has now proven well beyond any kind of expansion team. You know, they're beyond that. They're not an expansion team anymore. You're 21 games in. Is this team a threat, according to other people around the league, to actually possibly, you know, go a good distance, maybe even win this thing? Yeah, I think right now they're they're in a great position for their sake, right? I mean, if they were out in front of the league, you know, mile, miles ahead and hadn't made some of the mistakes they've made, you'd worry that when push comes to shove <laughs> in the true. playoffs, yep. that would be a time where some of those things could come up. The fact that they're, you know, making some adjustments now, having some lapses, I think gives them an opportunity to grow and to build and to solidify as a unit. And honestly, I think they're a more dangerous team going into this, not as a first seed, um, although, of course, you know, you want to play as many games as possible at home. I think they could kind of catch some teams off guard in a sense um, because teams can look at some of these these slips and sort of feel a false sense of confidence that, 
you know, LAFC might might slip up again or or what have you. But I, I think that for an expansion team, you know, going going in like down this narrow stretch, and of course August is so busy for them, so much to so much to be defined for their season in, the, in this month. But you know, if they if they manage to excel as they have been, even with a lapse or two before the end of the season, I think you enter the playoffs with a very dangerous team. I couldn't agree more. I love what he does. I love the way he sums it up. Alex Dwyer, A. Dweezy on uh, Twitter, one of my favorites as well there. I got to admit, Alex. What, how'd you come up with that, buddy? Is that like a college nickname or something? I just I covered hip-hop for a long time. Still no way. a lot of music. That's, that's how I got into journalism, and that was just a nickname that was given to me then, and I had a column column with that as a, as the title ages ago now so wow so you covered hip-hop night you you have to agree with me krs1 got to be number one krs1 right? I mean, yeah of course boogie down productions oh, you know what it is it's got to be the best right i mean what, what, what do i know you know the kids these days but uh alex dwyer i love talking to him about lafc specifically and mls now i'm not putting you on the spot because i don't care if you didn't and that's fine please be honest did you happen to watch the mls all-star game earlier I I caught pieces of it. You know, it's a spectacle. It's something you can kind of have in the background while you're working away exactly. at other things. Yes. I didn't watch every minute of the match. What didn't keep me on the edge of my seat the way that the, uh, you know, the league Here's matches the thing, Alex, can. I watched virtually all of it. The funny thing is, you it was very good, and yet you didn't miss a thing. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't miss a thing by not watching it, but it was very good if you did, ironically. So that I guess that's just pure entertainment. That's what an MLS All-Star game should be. So kudos to you for having higher priorities <laughs> as I sit there and waste two hours. But it really wasn't a bad game either. So I guess, you know, we can't have it always. What are your thoughts on All-Star games, even pulling aside from MLS? I don't know how much of a sports fan, you know, whatever, sports you love or whatever. We mostly talk soccer, but... What are your thoughts on all-star games in general? Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a certain t- segment of of the American psyche that lends itself to wanting to see, like, all the best in one place. It's the same, you know, as souping up your team on a video game with all the best, just to see how how it looks, right, yeah. to, to play into the imagination a little bit if you could have a fully stacked team. So I think that part of the spectacle, the entertainment, almost the, you know, WWF or WWE of it all, I think is, is quite entertaining for people. That being said, I think in the case of the MLS game, and I, I would agree with some of the comments that have come out this week, just about the timing of the game. Yes. Quite, yes. uh, <laughs> quite challenging for some people. You know, I think part of the reason I avoided watching it is because I didn't want to see certain big name players go down with an injury or anything like that. That would have been a real. You know, it wouldn't have been worth the the you know the ten minutes of joy of them on the field if they point, you know yeah. happen to miss three or four games for a playoff playoff team in a run. So I don't know. It's a it's a thing where you kind of have to probably talk to the players a little bit beforehand. Like take it easy, take it real easy, but at the <laughs> same time try to go out there and have fun. The delicate balance, and you know, it's that delicate art. You know, balance between commerce and uh, and the enjoyment of of the fans that always, you always talk about when we talk about big sports. So. He's right. You're right. I'm, I'm in the minority. I wish they would all go away. Not. I mean, I don't hate all-star games, but like exactly the way you summed it up, we just don't need them anymore. It, you know, it's not like the Major League Baseball. Or the American League plays the National League. There's interleague games all the time. We see all this stuff. We see everybody on TV. Don't I'll need. Say, I don't need to I'll see Joseph think, Martinez again. I see yeah. him all the time. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think 
if there were a league that would do away with it first, it would probably be MLS. But that's once it's you know a little bit further down the evolutionary uh, side because most most fans of the of the global game we have enough soccer as it is. We don't need extra games, right? Same thing with the international yeah. champions. Cup, I think that will probably oh, go away soon enough. As you know, especially in the, in the World Cup year, you mentioned that this year has been rough for that, in my opinion, no question. I, I couldn't agree more. Alex Dwyer, check him out on MLSsoccer.com. Check him out on Twitter. A Dweezy, love talking to him. Alex, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much for taking the time. It was fun. Thanks a lot, Dave. Talk you to bet. Me. One of my favorites, Alex Dwyer. Check him out. Check out his work. I mean, seriously, like. He couldn't be more spot on so often about what he talks about. Really a fun time. And that is the black and gold breakdown. Again, I think he's on to something there, too. That's been my thought. You know, if you're Bob Bradley, you don't change a thing. They're playing well. You don't overreact. Bob Bradley's not the kind of guy who's going to overreact to a game or a situation or a blown lead. It's happened. It's happened a few times this year. You know what else LAFC has done? They've won games late. You're going to have to live with that. You know, you try to tighten up on the things you're doing wrong late in games, sure. But you keep doing what you're doing. 44 goals in 21 games. That's pretty good. A goal difference of plus nine, one of the best in the league. Not the best. No. And frankly, compared to some of the Eastern Conference, no, not even, no, no, not the best. But it's pretty good. And you do happen to be unbeaten at home. Those draws at home, though, have to convert back to wins. That's the difference. Good stuff. Really appreciate it. John tweeting in. I love that. The Little League All-Stars is the only All-Star format that should exist, Dave. (laughs) No, I disagree. Well, actually, I do like Little League All-Stars. That's fun. And he also asked me about uh, Major Indoor Soccer. We all have to talk about that. Major League like Indoor Soccer. Back in the day, the MISL. Oh, huge. We'll talk a little bit about that some other show, no doubt. I'm Dave Denholm. Still to come, we've got the best segment in all of radio. It is stoppage time. That and so much more to get to. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, 877-710-ESPN. I'm Dave Denholm. You are listening to Soccer Weekly here on ESPNLA 710. Love the steely-voiced radio man telling you we are Soccer Weekly here on ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. As always, so much fun talking the beautiful game. We've just been breaking it down. Had the great Dr. Clapper on, and we had one of my favorites in Alex Dwyer. Still got so much to get to at 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to the phone lines, 877-710-3776, or you can hit me up at Talk Soccer. Your thoughts on what we've been discussing. LAFC and LA Galaxy get wrapped up in a great El Trafico 2. Patrick in Pasadena wants to talk about it. Patrick, welcome to the show, buddy. Appreciate it. Dave, I hope all is well as always. I'm still waiting for the day where you get a co-host, and that can be me. Uh, <laughs> second, I have just a couple quick points. That game's atmosphere, I, so I've been to every home game this year, was insane. I think not just for a soccer game, but just for an L.A. sporting event, to have that rivalry and mentality and just how loud it was and how full it was, I think everyone really, really enjoyed the game regardless of the outcome. Yeah, My you know, that's a great point. point. It is a great point, Patrick, and I'll let you get to the second point. What I, I want to take it even further. I think we finally cross over in L.A., Patrick. Now, no disrespect. Again, the Galaxy have obviously won championships. I think LAFC being the, that second team that's 
equal in a sense of like it's not Chivas, you know what I mean? Like it's not like the we have two legit franchises now, and LAFC is doing so many things right. That Patrick, I think soccer's just crossed over into the mainstream in the sense that nobody takes it like, oh yeah, MLS, what? You know, it's like they want to go. Like everybody, all all sports fans are now crossing over into it because of these franchises. Agreed, a thousand percent. You know, I saw this brought up something else, but I saw something someone put on a uh, Instagram or Twitter, and they compared uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's accomplishments to LeBron James's. And I, I'm a diehard NBA fan. I love yep. LeBron. I love Kobe. I'm a big Laker fan. Have been for 25 years. Played soccer for 18 years. I, I love sports. You can't compare the greatest soccer player in the world to the greatest basketball player in the world because there are 2.5 billion more people trying to play professional soccer. And being born seven feet tall or six eight, not saying LeBron isn't one of the greatest God-given athletes sure. I've seen, does not benefit you in soccer. And then my other point was. When, when, you know, Andre Horta came in, I thought I saw some things that were, I'm like, God, this guy's 21 years old. I thought he looked amazing. I really did. Not afraid of the moment. And I, I, I feel bad that he gave away that pass. Um, but I think the one mistake Bradley made is we're obviously better when Vela, Diamande, and Wynn are kind of, Wynn's controlling the pace, Vela's pushing it, Diamande's pushing it. I think they played the best together, and I would have liked to see Horta come in with Wynn next to him to kind of be that guide as opposed to I feel like he replaced him, and, and, and I think it hurt us. Patrick, as always, love talking to you, man. Thanks so much, Patrick in Pasadena. I will say this. I think Lee Wynn kind of hit it, hit the wall a little bit. I could be wrong on that, but that was just my assessment, and I don't think it was a bad sub. I know what you're saying, though. I, those three will be, you know, like to have those guys in there and then bring in Horta with them. You know, maybe if they could somehow get that work out with the lineup, certainly if Horta keeps coming off the bench maybe to get his feet under him a little bit first and then gets acclimated in the starting lineup or whether he goes right into the starting lineup, I would love to see all four of them together. No doubt about it. And that's what makes it so amazing that this team is so loaded. Patrick's right. We were worried. Well, not worried, but we talked about it, right? That was one of the things we discussed about LAFC earlier in the season. Depth. Expansion team, how do you build depth in your first year? I don't care who you are. LAFC, Atlanta, Minnesota United, the most recent obvious examples. Depth. And yet LAFC has done it in really what what was less than a half a season. Because now we're into the second half, but we've had this kind of great depth. It's just been amazing. Patrick, as always, great stuff there. Hit me up on Twitter. Once again, even if the show ends, we continue the conversations at Talk Soccer, follow me, hit me up there. Don't forget, Soccer Weekly, if your buddies around the country who love soccer, if the men and women you know or who love the beautiful game don't get a chance to always listen here on ESPN LA 710 or the ESPN app, tell them about the podcast. Go to iTunes, go to all your podcatchers, search for Soccer Weekly, subscribe, rate, and review. would appreciate that. Seriously, give me your honest thoughts. I can take it. I've been in radio for a long time. Speaking of being in radio for a long time, we know what a great radio bit is. We know that is stoppage time. And as always, the great stoppage time is uh, brought to you by Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry, the San Gabriel Valley Chevy store. Say habla espanol, the host of Soccer Weekly's 
Stoppage time is the great Mario Rees. Mario. Dave, what's happening, my man? Not too much, buddy. Man, the atmosphere last week at the bank was oh. just electric, amazing. I mean, I can't even describe it. It was incredible. But there was, unfortunately, there was some behavior that's just not going to be tolerated at Bank of California Stadium. Okay. A little bit of destruction of the property, uh, you know, a couple of fights. But LAFCs, they're, they're getting out in front of it. And they issued a statement and said, uh, the passion and intensity that comes with rivalry matches around the world is now in Los Angeles and is something we embrace and celebrate. LAFC and the 3252 will not tolerate illegal acts of any kind affiliated with our club or the visiting teams, uh, visiting team supporters at Bank of California Stadium, including the organized destruction of property. That is not who we are, and this behavior has no place at our stadium and within our club. Unfortunate situation there, Dave, but it is. It's a great it's a great response though, because yeah. Mario, it doesn't leave any kind of well but or yeah, but kind of, you know, we wanna wink and a nod to our fans here. We don't want to be too harsh. No, they're coming down with a hammer on it and stopping it as soon as possible. You gotta do this early. And just get rid of it, bottom line. And, you know, again, oh, but it's the other side who did. Oh, but no, it doesn't matter. Whoever's doing it, they're going to be caught. They're going to be punished. And they're going to lose, you know, lose the privilege of enjoying the games, which they should. And that's just, it's smart. Yeah, they went on to say any fans identified as participating in illegal behavior will be removed from the stadium and the club will revoke their season membership. So fans, please, let's not do this. Let's not go down this route. But let's also go the obvious. It's such a small number of yeah. People. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know we always have to say that, and it mm-hmm. seems like it seems like you're trying to pull back from it. No, cannot tolerate it. It's ridiculous when this kind of stuff happens. But it is also a tiny, tiny number. Dave, so I many seen people. I seen couples. I seen father sons yes. wearing uh, opposing jersey. I seen yeah, a white absolutely. jersey with the kid and his dad wearing the LAFC. I seen a, a woman with her man, with her boyfriend, husband. I'm not sure. And both of them had opposite jerseys, and they were getting along, having a great time. That's what it's all about, you know. A- Amen. You know, and you know. These games have lived up to it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it. Uh, Mario, two for two, right? I mean, oh, my gosh, yeah. It's been sick. It's been absolutely for the, sick. For round two, I was thinking, how are they going to live up to the first Dude, one at StubHub? And it seemed impossible, but they did. The second one was amazing, and I just can't wait uh, for the round three. That's going to be at StubHub August 24th, I believe, yeah, at the end of the coming month. Up coming up in less than a month, yeah. which is great. We were talking about that even before the kickoff of the second one. Like, good, we don't have to wait too long. Exactly. Now LAFC fans really don't have to wait too long. <laughs> like they want to get at it immediately. So great stuff as always here on Stoppage Time, Mario Rees. You are the best, Thank brother. You, Dave. Thanks so much to the great Michael Funches, who's always a pleasure to work with. Appreciate that. Thank you for sticking with me during the uh, difficult uh, one minute time at the beginning of the show when I nearly my voice left me and I wasn't crying. Okay, people. On Twitter, hit me up at Talk Soccer. No, I was not crying. I promise. No, it's all good. Great stuff as always. Thanks so much to the great Dr. Clapper and to Alex Dwyer. Check out their work as well when you can find them. I am Dave Dedholm. Always a pleasure to talk to Beautiful Game. Going to be previewing the, uh, the European leagues coming up soon. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710.